You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Standing as we read our foundational text for today from Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs 4, starting at verse 1, and it reads, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. If I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. If I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother, he taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. If I was my father's son, hear the instruction of a father. Father, thank you again for this Father's Day. Thank you that you are the greatest of the fathers. Our Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, holy is your name. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that when our earthly mother and father forsake us, either deliberately or unintentionally, thank you for being there to pick us up. Thank you for being there to carry us on and cause us to have a successful finish. Now, fathers, I stand behind this holy desk to declare your word. I ask that you open up the eyes of my understanding, open up our hearts, give me utterance, articulation of speech, that as a result of this word today, We're better. Fathers are better. Families are better. Children are better. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak today. I don't know if you call this a sermon, a lesson. It's not necessarily preaching. It's not my desire to to stir you up today. Other than what Paul, I think Peter says, I want to stir up your pure minds by putting you in remembrance. A lot of us who've been around here who know me, know what I teach, the principles that I live by, that I've taught publicly, that I teach privately, that I teach when we as men together. A lot of this is a review. For some of us, it may be new. For some of us, maybe our ears are just open to hear things today. For example, when, you, when you're not a parent, uh, people can talk about things about raising children, but you don't hear it the way you do once you are a parent. You know, when you're single, people talk about marrying things and you're not hearing what they're saying about being married until you get married. And likewise, perhaps because this is Father's Day and because we focus on fathers and now we have new fathers, uh, perhaps our ears are open more to things that I've said over the years. But I want to speak today from the subject, the necessity of fathers, the necessity of fathers. And as elementary as that may seem, it is still a profound statement that fathers are necessary. I don't care how well you are doing without them. I don't care how well many of us feel that we have made it despite the fact of not having a father or not having a good father or having a father who is there but not present. You all know there's a difference between being there and being present. We all know that now because we got cell phones. When you have cell phones, you have people around with you all the time who are there but not present. 
because they're distracted, even if you're in the same room, right? So likewise, you can have a father who's in the same house who can be there but not be present. And so it is important for us to really know that fathers are necessary. And uh, it's, again, as basic as that may seem, I came across something this week, and it was a little um, segment of the Dr. Phil show. Dr. Phil had up a video wall, much similar to what's behind us here, and he had on there different statements that are now considered offensive. I told y'all that uh, they are, the more politically correct we come, they're saying that certain things you're just not supposed to, like, get, you're not supposed to say ghetto no more. Ghetto's offensive. It was a very offensive to me, too. That's why I got out. No, seriously, really, I'm serious. You're not supposed to say ghetto no more. You're not, you got various things you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to say binge anymore. Like you binge on, on Netflix, you know, watch the whole season in one day because there are people who have eating disorders. Seriously. So that, you know, anything that somebody can take as offensive, I mean, and y'all, y'all realize that everybody can be offended except Christians. Suppose they say, we can no longer say God D. Nobody's saying that because that's offensive to Christians. Nobody cares about offense. Y'all realize that. So y'all y'all, y'all gotta, gotta understand what's happening. This, this whole thing is demonic. It's not just progressive. It's not just woke. Come on. Folks so woke you're crazy. Some folks need to go back to sleep. You know, it's, it's really, it's demonic. And it's demonic against families. It's, and I was meditating on this. The Bible says, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, more than lovers, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And then the Bible said, God gives people over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind is when people call wrong, right, and right, wrong. Now, you all realize that most things that we would consider right, people are saying is wrong now. So one of the things that was on there, on this board, that that they say not supposed to say. He said, are any of these terms do you consider offensive to you? And one of them was mom and dad. You're not supposed to say mom and dad anymore. And Dr. Phil said, well, who, who, who thinks this is offensive? And a woman raised her hand. She said, it's offensive to me because I'm married to a woman and we have a child. And so we're not mom and dad. We're mom and mom. And she said, and so that's offensive to me when I read or hear mom and dad. She said, and then my child will see this, and my child starts having questions as to why I don't have a dad. Well, she needs to give her answer. That ain't my problem. No, I'm very serious. See, some, some of y'all are so uncomfortable with this because you, y'all, y'all are so afraid to address truth from a Christian perspective. A mom and dad is still a mom and dad. I don't care how many two moms. And by the way, y'all, let me, let me, I'm going to throw something else out here, y'all. The genders of what you're hearing today, you would think that every person is either male, female, or one of these six categories. That's not the case, y'all. It really isn't. It's still a very slim part of the population. But the agenda is making you think is like one out of three. And that is not the case. 
It's an agenda. So mom and dads and dads and moms are still in order. And it can be offensive to anybody who want to get offended by it. And do y'all realize there's certain things about the gospel is going to be offended. You're going to be offensive. Jesus already warned us. He said, now, don't think I came to bring peace. He said, would you really love me? He said, mother will be against daughter and father going to be against son. Because sometimes you got to make decisions that's going to be offensive to your family member. Jesus already warned us about that. Long before any agenda in 2023, he told us, when you live for me, people are going to be offended. Jesus, Jesus looked at those people and said, I'm going to use the scripture later. He said, you were of your father, the devil. And they were offended. Sure, they were offended. And so sometimes truth is always going to be offensive to lies. Darkness, uh, light is going to be offensive to darkness. Amen. I got, you know, I, um, I, I like, when I'm sleeping, I like quiet. And as long as I'm sleeping, I want quiet. Okay? The birds, right outside my window, they, they used to come at 6 a.m. when the sun came out. Now it's like 5.30. And those birds, they offend me. The birds don't care about offending me. It is natural that when it's close, now if I think it's changed, I really do think it changed. When, not when the sun come out, when it get ready to come out, a half hour before, they're going to start whistling. And because I'd rather be asleep, it's offensive to me. Some things you're going to have to lean with and rock with in life. The world ain't going to change because you get offended by everything. Y'all got to catch that. And if you, and if you can't satisfy everybody, before you know it, I mean, walking like this is offensive. You need to walk like this. Then everybody's going to try to be walking. Because you don't even walk. It's getting crazy. You say a man's supposed to walk like that. Well, that's offensive to say a man's supposed to walk like that. Now, so my point is that fathers are necessary. And single moms, thank, come on, let's thank God for all the single moms. Come, even, on, even on this Father's Day. I'm not wishing you happy Father's Day. I'm saying thank you for doing what you did without us. Let me say that again. I'm not wishing the single moms a happy Father's Day. I'm thanking you for what, you what you've done even though fathers haven't been around. And I'm being real clear about that because only a father can be a father. No more than only a mother can be a mother. Single moms have done an extraordinary job raising children, even as they often have had to raise a lot of other things too. But this rise in father, father absences leaves single moms overwhelmed. It leaves many times fathers either depressed with neither purpose nor love, and children are young and they realize are more likely to be damaged in 50, at least 50 developmental areas uh, due to fatherlessness. Crime is likely to go up where there's fatherless, fatherlessness. In 2020, Dr. Warren Farrell, who uh, wrote an article in Family Lawyer magazine, and the article was called Rediscovering the Value of Fathers on Father's Day. And in those things, he mentioned that uh, fathers, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to bridge this because I had so much more and I couldn't get to it. Um, 
among the things he mentioned, for example, that dad-style parenting is more likely to feature bonding by roughhousing and stopping the roughhousing when rough gets too rough. And as dads engage the children in games, his children often uh, don't try hard enough or, or smart enough. And then he'll teach them to be winners by letting them lose. A father will teach their children to be winners sometimes by letting them lose. As opposed to everybody get a trophy because their feelings are hurt. Well, we don't want to break. You won't break my soul. You want to break the child's soul. So everybody got to get a trophy. And y'all, that's not life. Everybody's not going to get a trophy just for participation. Everybody's not going to get promoted just for showing up at work. There's some people do more than others. And in life, there's winners and losers. The Bible says that. He said, no, you're not run all, run all, but one wins the crown. He said, run that you may obtain. Okay? And so there are lessons that dads teach children many times that mothers either don't teach or sometimes can't teach. And so uh, the results are, uh, without a dad, are counterintuitive. Dad-enriched children demonstrate greater empathy, social skills, and also many times learn postponed gratification. But both dad-deprived boys and girls suffer, again, from these 50 areas, I'm not going to go into them, of development. But a dad-deprived boy is likely to suffer more intensely by emotional withdrawal, depression, obesity, ADHD, imprisonment, addiction to video games, porn, alcohol, drugs, and even death by, op by opioids is more likely with an absent father. And while this gap between dad-deprived boys and why this gap between uh, dad-deprived boys and girls, because for starters, a dad-deprived girl usually at least has a mom of the same sex as a role model. But dad-deprived, dad deprivation creates in many boys a dad void. A boy not knowing who he is as a man and frequently having less of the discipline he needs to fulfill his dreams. So a dad is more, uh, is more likely to make a young man suck it up. Deal with it. Because life don't owe you anything. Uh, you know, we, I, I was talking even to, 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 my, to my, uh, my family members. One of my daughters-in-law said to me, she, she said to me, she said, but y'all ain't going to be concerned about how he feels. I said, no, when it comes to that, we're not concerned about how he feels. We're concerned about how he does. And so it doesn't mean that that is either or, you need both and. The psalmist said, rather the, the proverb written by Solomon said, he said, my father, he taught me. I was beloved by my mother, but my father taught me. My, my mother helped me feel, but my dad helped me know. And you need both. So the result is that what, what's happening today is that boys are 66% more likely than girls to be living at home between the ages 25 and 31. Dad be saying, this boy need to get out here and get a job. This boy need to get here and get his own. And then mama say, well, but you know, we, you know, it ain't as easy for him as it was. Dad say he got to go out. And mama saying, well, he'll leave when he's 40. It's been said, especially regarding black women, that especially black women, that we, you will raise your daughters and love your sons. 
You raise your daughters, but you love your sons. And sometimes you love them to a fall. You'll raise your daughters. Don't be dependent on no man. You need to be independent. You need to make it on your own. You need to have your own money. But the boy, well, you know, you got to give him time. You give him time, but she needs to have her own money. Something's wrong with that. Are you are all understanding that? And so there, there's a difference. And so as a result of it, um, boys many times are falling behind girls in almost every academic subject, especially in reading and writing, which is the biggest predictor of success. 43% more boys than girls are dropping out of high school. And even before COVID, more than 20% of these boys were unemployed in their early 20s and six times, which is six times the national pre-COVID average. So we see that fathers are absolutely necessary. Absolute, no replacement, no substitution. Fathers are absolutely necessary. There's no alternative, no replacement, and no substitution for fathers. And only men can legitimately teach boys to be men. And only fathers can legitimately teach men to be fathers. A, a mother cannot be a father any more than a father can be a mother. You, all you can do is be the best mother that you have and then try to hopefully expose and give your sons and your daughters someone else to, to expose them to what a father should have brought. But you cannot replace him. And we can't replace you. God, whether we like it or not, God has a role and a plan for the impartation that comes from a man and the impartation that comes from a woman, for the impartation that comes from a father and the impartation that comes from a mother. Amen. Research has shown that the significant impact that fathers have on their children's social, emotional, and cognitive development. Children with involved fathers tend to have high academic achievement. Children with involved fathers have better mental health and fewer behavioral issues. Children with strong father figures are more likely to have a positive relationship with their peers and higher self-esteem. Fathers also play an important role in shaping their children's gender and cultural identities. Yes, gender and cultural identities is supposed to be shaped by parents, not determined by children. Gender and cultural identity is to be shaped by parents and not determined by children. You will, you will train a rose to produce red flowers by bending it and tying it and cutting it and pruning it and make that rose produce the flowers you want it to produce and think children supposed to raise themselves. That's why the Bible says train, train. Any of us ever been trained? Okay. Do you realize if you weren't trained, you might still be going around, going, going around messing on yourself till 10. Somebody had to, no, 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 no. We're going to stop that. We're we going to stop. We were telling, telling the other day we, in, in our, our, uh, our um, construction meeting. And so we would, we, we all do a little, little, little small talk before. And so Chandler was, Chandler was very proud. He said, he said, my, my, my two year old is, is, uh, is, um, uh, is potty trained now. He said, as of this week, he's potty trained. And so the, the, the gentleman, who, uh, happened to be a white gentleman, he said, really? He said, uh, he said, well, is he, uh, is he, uh, um, uh, early two or late two? He said, well, he'll be three when? 
He'll be three and all. He, he said, so, so the man said, he said, wow. He said, that's, that's early. And I said, no, it's not. He said, really? I said, I said, not in a black family. I mean, you, you're about to start getting those legs popped. And my right parents. Because we train them. As, 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 then it comes to a point, we ain't even looking at the child anymore. We're like, what's wrong with you? We start looking at the parent. This ain't a child problem. This is a parent training problem. Training means make them do what they're supposed to do. Otherwise, they're not going to automatically do it. Parents, you cannot forsake training. Men, you cannot forsake training your sons to be men and boys. Ladies, you cannot forsake training. Children with strong uh, fathers shape their identities. Yes, parents are supposed to shape children's identities. Scripturally, fathers given shape identities of their children even by laying hands on them and prophesying over them. The whole issue of Esau, of Jacob, taking his, taking his brother's birthright, what it was, he, he wanted the blessing, the prophecy that his father would speak over the older one. He wanted that spoken over him because they recognized that a father laying his hands on the child and speaking things which shaped their whole destiny and, and determined the course of his life. And he usurped his brother's blessing. Jacob, when he's... Uh, uh, Jacob, now, now he's down in Egypt. He's an old man. And, but his, his youngest son, Joseph, brings his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, before their grandfather so that he can lay his hands on them and shape their destiny. And the Bible says he wittingly put the, the, the right hand of great authority on the younger one and the left hand of less authority uh, on, the, on, on, the, on the older one. And his, and his son thought maybe he wasn't supposed, maybe he wasn't seen right. He said, no, dad, this old, he said, boy, I know what I'm doing. He was, he spoke over their life what God showed him. And that laying of hands and speaking determined the course of his life. Fathers, your voice matters. You laying your hands on your children matters. That's not just something we do just, just when we dedicate our children. I lay hands, every chance I get, I'm laying hands even on my grandchildren. I'm speaking blessings over them, speaking prosperity over them, speaking greatness over them. You shape their lives. And overall, fathers play a critical role in the lives of their children, greatly contribute to their overall well-being and development into productive adults. Some of these, and more, more specifically, some of these important roles that fathers do is number one, many of us, many people don't know anything else. Hopefully they at least know this one. Fathers ought to be providers. Fathers ought to be providers. Fathers provide for the basic needs of children. Food, shelter, clothing. Fathers ought to be providers. Not just pampers. I was talking to someone the other day. They said, well, you know, he does birthdays and holidays. The child lives in between birthdays and holidays. You can't just show up on birthdays or holidays. Come on, brothers. Child lives every day, breathes every day, eats every day. Become the teenagers, eat all day long. Now we understand why our parents say, go outside. You're eating too much in this house. Fathers ought to be providers. And I have told women over the years, especially if I see them struggling, 
One of the first things I see, if I see a single mother struggling with a child, when I'm talking about struggling, right now I'm talking about economics, struggling, but I always ask, well, where's the father? And I've heard women making excuses for the fathers. One of the biggest ones I ever remember, a young lady, she used to be in our church, she used to work for me years ago, and even with what she was being paid, she was still struggling with the child financially. I said, where's the daddy? She said, well, he runs, he's a pastor of a large ministry in another state. And I don't want to mess up his ministry. Oh, the ministry will be messed up. Reverend. No, I'm very serious. I, have, I don't have any mercy for that. And, I, and, and she probably, and you know, I think the whole issue was, you know, she probably was in the church years ago. Y'all know how some of these churches are. She's probably, she probably embarrassed about herself. Whatever. Okay. You deal with your shame. You deal with your guilt. But this child deserves to be provided for. Not the expense of you trying to cover up what you did. The child got to be fed. The child got to be clothed. All that's water under the bridge. And I said, I said, no, his ministry needs to be messed up. I said, or, or, I said but he needs to be provided for his child. Well, I don't want the drama. It's drama trying to raise a child without money. That's the drama. First Timothy 5 and 8. If anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household. The new King James says he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The Amplified says, I mean, the King James says worse than an infidel. Now, he's saying, now watch, we, 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 will, we will look at somebody committing adultery and fornication and say, he ain't saved. He ain't saved. Look at somebody cussing like a sailor and say, I question that salvation. Look at somebody robbing and stealing and say, boy, I wonder if they saved. I wonder if, if, they are, if, if they really serving the Lord. I wonder if they're really a Christian. This writer here said, if somebody not taking care of his child, we ought to say, I wonder if he's saved. He said, that's a reason to question his faith. Now, am I in the book? The Bible said you don't care for your own. You have denied the faith. I'm not saying deny. It's talking about what Christianity is all about. Because one thing we learn, the first you learn about Christians, first you learn about Christianity is for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the most basic thing about Christianity. Before we can be saved, we learn that God loved us so much that he gave his God. That the God, the God we serve is a loving father, is a sacrificial father. So he says anyone who doesn't take care of his own children has, has denied the faith. I said to a brother, that I, you know, and, and, and obviously some, what I'm teaching as emphatically as I'm teaching it right now, I know is not always taught. And so some of us, we, 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 we've gotten off. Okay? And, and, and sometimes it's easy to take the easy way out. But I remember a brother sat down in my office. He sat down in my office and he was dating a young lady in the church at the time. And so he just, he had forgot in prior conversations, he had told me he had these two kids in Texas. So he told me this young lady in the church who he, he you know, he's dating and buying her jewelry. And he bought a whole new wardrobe. I said, really? I said, tell me about these boys down there in Texas. I said, are you taking care of them? He said, well, my attorney told me to don't rock the boat. If she ain't asking for nothing, don't give her anything. And I said, Nebrew? 
Nebrew, please. If you don't have any money to take care of those boys down in Texas, watch this. I didn't even tell him that he shouldn't be buying her clothes and buying her jewelry. I said, you can't afford a girlfriend. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.